Amen. We're going to open up with a few songs of worship here. Brother Jordan, open us in prayer, brother. Slip up your hands and ask God to fill you with the Holy Ghost afresh.
thing. Believe in the Lord Jesus you and I. Believe him to move in your life. In our midst, revive us. Draw us near unto himself. Oh, God, we need you tonight, Lord. We believe you, Lord. We ask you, God, that you would speak, you would revive, oh, God. You would touch, oh, God. Quicken our hearts, oh, God, to the reality of who you are, God, and of your word. In the name of Jesus, amen. Praise God. You may be seated here tonight. Tonight, I'm fighting off a little cold. I've been coughing all day long. It seems like I cannot quit coughing. But God's going to help me here tonight. Yeah. Um, as you all know, or you, I'm sure you know, it is all this side of the church here. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. It's all kind of balancing it out. It's kind of leaning that way. Kind of, <laughs> go down a little bit on that side there. Oh. Um, Wesley and Mike are working in Arkansas, so Mike is not here. So you're going to have to put up with me tonight, praise God. Yeah, yeah. You know, hopefully, it won't just be me. Amen. God, say something to us tonight. Give us something to say. Amen. Take out your Bibles to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 6, verses 16 through 17. And I'll. I thought I was going to preach on this message, and I thought, well, last night I began to get second thoughts, and I thought maybe I'll preach something I preached before. But I couldn't really get away from this thought, and I just, I've been working on this all day, and um, towards the end of the day, I, I wrote my last thought, and my Word program just went berserk on me. Everything was just incoherent, and I, I was, I thought I might have to do my self-imposed preach the Word tonight, but... <laughs> On myself, you know, not on you. I wouldn't do that to you. But um, <laughs> thank God I printed it, and it printed all right. So you have the notes here tonight. Amen. Yeah. But I don't believe I'm going to be very long tonight. Just a very basic, simple thought. Something I've been meditating on. Something that God's been just, just been stirring in my heart. And a very basic thought tonight. And I've simply entitled this message, There is no secret what God can do. There is no secret what God can do. Jeremiah chapter 6, starting in verse 16. Very familiar verses here. The Bible says, Thus saith the Lord. I mean, it's a command from God. This isn't just Jeremiah speaking here. Of course, we know all of Scripture is inspired by God. But this was something God was saying in that generation, in that hour. And it's something God's saying to us. In this hour, to our generation, this is the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways, and see, and ask for the old paths, where is the good way? And walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk therein. Also I sent watchmen over you, saying, hearken to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, we will not hearken. Very tragic situation indeed. Turn me to the book of Psalms. Psalms chapter 16 and verse 11. Just one verse here. The Bible says, thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Amen. Pray with me here tonight. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I do come to you, God. 
I have great need tonight, God. I'm very inadequate, Lord God. I just pray that you touch me in my physical body, God. Touch me, Lord God, in my inner man, oh God. Help me to speak, thus saith the Lord, oh God, of the anointing and the Holy Ghost, oh God. I pray, make your ministers a flame of fire, Lord God. Deal with our hearts, oh God. Stir us, oh God, to go further, Lord. Stir us to lay hold upon you, God, to go deeper in the things of God. In the name of Jesus. You know, I see several things in our text tonight that are essential if we're going to continue on with God. And how many of you know we need to continue on with God? Amen. Here lately, it seems like there's been just a, a spat of people falling out by the way, just falling by the wayside. Amen. Not, not you know, hearing and receiving the Word of God. But for us that are still here, for the remnant that remains, we need to go on with God. We need to go on under perfection. Amen. And we can go on under perfection. We don't have to fall away. We don't have to backslide. We don't have to turn after all lust. And we can be victorious by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. But if we're going to have revival, these things must take place. And it's the will of God for us to have a fun. That is the perfect will of God. We don't have to wonder about that. We don't have to be confused about that. Well, I wonder, is God just going to sorrowly... No, it's the will of God for there to be revival. Amen. The only thing hindering that, the only thing stopping that is you and me. And I believe as Christians, we shouldn't... You know, of course, if there's things in the church that are carnal things going on, that's going to hinder revival. But we need to look into our own heart and see, what am I doing that's hindering revival? What am I doing that's impeding the flow of that river? And what must I do to stop, amen, to, to unstop the flow of that river as far as my contribution amen. and what I'm doing? And I remember the old chord. It's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It, it's so easy to look around Come and on. say, I see everybody else. I see Brother so-and-so across the aisle. And if he just get right, we can have revival. But what we need to do is look in the mirror. Because that's what's stopping revival. Yes, sir. That's what's hindering revival. Good preaching. What is revival? Amen. It's not evangelism. It's not mass conversions. Although that may accompany revival. Amen. You may see that with revival. We saw, we see that in the book of Acts. Amen. I believe it was 3,000 got saved. Amen. When, when the Holy Ghost was poured out. But I want you to know that came after revival. Amen. Revival was when that church was in the upper room praying and seeking God. And tongues of fire came down upon them. And they spoke with other tongues. And the Spirit of God ignited his church. That's revival for him. And they went out in the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And they began to preach the gospel. And men came to Christ. Some of them got killed for the sake of Christ. But that was revival. Not the mass conversion. So we need to to see that properly. Because if we don't see that properly, this is what a lot of the modern church has done. They think mass conversion is revival. And so whatever it takes, to have mass conversions, we got to do that because that's revival. And we're sending multitudes of people to a devil's hell because we pressure them into praying some little prayer that they didn't mean. And it's damning them souls. Amen. I know we know that right here. Come on. But sometimes it's good to be reminded of what we already know. Not, Not get confused. Because if you have wrong expectations, you're going to get disappointed. You're going to get discouraged. It's an error way. He left a small end. But praise God, that really is going to triumph. What is revival? It's simply the life of God revived to his fullness in his church and manifested in the everyday life of the believers. You see, revival is not just going to touch what happens up in here. Although it will. I believe if we, get, if we have revival, if we're all in a right relationship with God, right relationship with one another, in the walking of the light, amen, the fire of God coming down, visiting the place, it's going to affect our church services. I believe that. It's going to affect our prayer meetings. Right. It's going to affect our worship. It's going to affect the preaching. All of that. I believe that. But perhaps more importantly, 
It's going to affect what, what happens out there. Right. Amen. Those believers, amen, in the upper room, it sure enough affected them right there. But, you know, I don't believe, you know, they, they didn't, you know, we're going to have an upper room, we're going to make a monument out of it, and everything gets sucked over. No, they went, they went out Amen. and preached the gospel. Right. They went out and lived holy lives. They went out and did the will of God. Amen. And that's what revival is for. Right. It's to equip us to do what God's called us to do. Amen. So I see several things here tonight. I see stand, see, ask, walk, find. And then last of all, it involves the will. The will. So we're just going to go through some of these, or go through these tonight. Number one, we have to stand in the ways. You know, many of us, we want to see something. But we're unwilling to stand on what God is trying to show us. We're unwilling to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. You know, in this hour, it's rare to find anyone who will stand for anything except the cause of not standing. They'll stand for that, but that's it. If you stand for anything, you're a hater, you're a bigot, you're intolerant, you're judging. Amen. I am judging. Praise the Lord. Nothing wrong with it if I'm doing it right. You know, there are many ways not to God. Come on, that's good. Many ways to hell. That's right. There are many ways out there. The Bible talks about the Bible. There are many different voices. And not all of them are without signification. I mean, there's significance in those things. And you've got to make sure you're listening to the right voice. I mean, you have to make sure you're seeing the straight and the narrow way because there is only one right way. Yeah. And that is the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. Him alone. That's it. Yeah. And unless you're willing to stand up, and see him, you will be led astray. You know, standing implies action. Amen. And action implies faith. You have to believe what God is telling you to stand up and do. Right. And I truly believe that for many of us, this is the most difficult thing to do. We know what is true and what the right way is, but we haven't really seen it. Come on. It's the truth. And you know what we do? Instead of standing up so we can see it, we just... Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right. I know I need to, but I can't see it. I just can't see it. Because we're passive, that's why. We're unwilling to stand up. And we're never going to see it because we're unwilling to stand. That's right. Unwillingness to make a decision to make a decision. Come on. Unwillingness to make a decision to make a decision. Right. And a refusal to walk by faith. Because you're taking a stand to see something that you can't see until you do stand. Right. That requires faith. Are we standing in the spirit tonight? Or are we laying down, taking our ease in the highways of life? See, there's, there's all these ways, you know. You intersect with them all the time. You're out on the job and there's all these there's different ways all around you. And amen, you can get up and you can go in the wrong way. That's true. But for most people, a lot of us, I believe, we're just laying in the highway. That's right. It's laying in the highway. And the devil want to fight over. Come on. So stand up and see what God is trying to show us. We just lay in the highway. And we get trampled and we get dragged down the wrong way. And we get led astray. Just existing. That's what some of us, that's something you're doing here. You're just here. You just exist, but you're not really standing. And in this culture, you will be trampled if you refuse to stand up for Jesus. In your own life, if you refuse to take a stand against yourself, you will find yourself on the wrong road, Amen. being led away by your own lust. And that's, you know, that's what happened to some of the people here. The young people that are here, God, have mercy on them. And what we need to, let me just say this, we need to go to our hearts. You really need to go to hearts, including me. Because you can, you can allow thoughts to go through your mind. And listen, they're wicked. They're wrong. They're on their way to hell. They don't repent. They're on their way to hell. And we shouldn't be ashamed to say that. And I'm not ashamed to say that. We've got to make sure our spirit is right towards them. I want to see them saved. I want to see them come back and come to Jesus. Amen. I don't want to be personally offended at all. In whatever way. But we have to acknowledge what really happened. They refused 
to side with God against themselves. That's exactly what happened. They entertained a passive spiritual mentality that eventually took them out of here. And the same mentality will take you out here as well. That's good. Consider yourself. Lest you also be led astray. Consider yourself. You cannot fight the Lord's battles laying down. You cannot fight the Lord's battles laying down. And your thought life is where this fight is going to be waged. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Amen. You can't go out and buy an AR-15 and think, I'm going to take the devil down. I've got one that's supposed to be coming in the mail. But I'm not going to take the devil down with it. Probably won't take anybody down with it. Hopefully. Amen. Yes, sir. There's a famous quote. The pen by the sword. It's what I, amen. Every time I go out and get my pen, I think, I got a weapon right here. This thing. This can move nations. We talk about Russia, we talk about China, we talk about North Korea, we talk about all these countries. You know, they all came from a man by the name of Karl Marx, communist. Manifesto that he wrote. Wrote. Yup. Ideas. Uh-huh. Have consequences. Right. And the ideas that we meditate upon, Come the on. ideas that we entertain, the ideas that float through our mind, yes, day sir. in and day out, Come on a daily basis, as we're mowing, as we're edging, as we're weeding, Come on, those sir. things will have consequences. Come on. And they'll affect not just me, yes, but they'll affect sir. people around Come me, on. and my church, and my family. Come on. Come on. That's where the battle's going to be fought. That's right. Yeah. right. And you're going to have to take a stand. Yes, sir. Against some things that you might not see so clearly, but you have the Bible telling you that's not the truth. Come on. Amen. And you know that false devil. That's it. And you know it. Amen. You're right with God. Uh-huh. Oh, that's the devil there. Ooh, I know that's the devil. That ain't going to go anywhere good. There. That's right. That's right. I mean, I'll yes, be sinful. Intrinsically first. That's right. But you know where that thing's going to lead. Uh-huh. Come on. And sometimes maybe it's a half truth. We're really so and so. And maybe he did do that to you, but get the victory. Come on. Get the victory. Amen. I can go on and on. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Resist the devil. Amen. And he will believe him. That's right. Isn't that glorious? Amen. It's so simple. You're under the grace of God. You can resist the devil. That's right. And the Bible says he'll flee. He will flee. Yep. That's a promise. You can stand on that. You can stand yeah. And you'll see it. If you'll stand Amen. Number two, stand in the ways and see. You know, if you're going to do anything for God, you're going to have to have a personal, present revelation of Him for yourself. You see, I've heard you say that before. Well, friend, it's essential and foundational to Christianity. That's right. You can't only preach a message about Christianity. I can't. Without getting back to that. You have to see God for yourself. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Jesus is the way. He is the way. But when you can't see Jesus, you have no sense of spiritual direction. You you know, there's an old saying, if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. Any road will take you there. Imagine that time you got lost over there in Hattiesburg. Amen? You got all the way back, but Christianity is essentially, at its core, the receiving of sight. That's what it is. Remember that old song at the cross where I first saw the light and the burdens of my heart rolled away. It was there by I received my sight. See, if you're not right with God, you can't see. You can't see. No matter how much people try to tell you, this is the way it is, this is what the Bible says, no matter how much Brother Brick preaches, Brother Charlie preaches, you're not going to be able to see it. Did you receive your sight? Amen. You know, I preached one time about Isaiah. He was in a crisis. Amen. Some of us, I believe, and maybe we're not in a major full-blown crisis. Amen. But there's, there's been a lot of stuff going on here recently. Things that are, that are unsettling, in a sense, you know, as far, as far as our feelings are concerned, which doesn't really mean anything anyways. But nonetheless, you know, a lot of just upheaval. In the spirit. It's been the last year. It's just been a lot of upheavals, right? Crises, seemingly. Major crises, many crises, you know. Isaiah was in a crisis. 
King Uzziah, just died. Amen. He's mentor. King of Israel. Amen. It's, the nation was at a crossroads. But he saw the Lord. And that made all the difference in the world. And I'm here to tell you tonight, no matter what you're going through, no matter where you're at in life, if you'll get a vision of God, amen, it'll make all the difference in the world. Yeah. It'll change everything. Yes, it will. And that's what we need. And that's what will make the difference in your life. You say, brother, I, I've, been, I've been struggling, I've been fighting, uh, you know, I haven't, you know, I regret some of the things that I've done in the past. Get a vision of Jesus. Amen. And go forward. Amen. And that'll, that'll propel you forward. That'll, that'll keep you in the way. That's right. Jacob said, I have seen the Lord face to face, and my life is preserved. He's another man. He's in a crisis. Going back to meet his brother. And when he met the Lord, he no longer trusted in his own ability or intellect or horse sense. But he leaned upon God. That's what we need to do. We need to quit trusting in our own heart, trusting in our own understanding, and allow God to grant us his wisdom and his vision. And when we see God, we will see how the narrow way relates to us. You know, a proper perspective of God will give us a proper perspective of us. And when we see those two things rightly, we will see everyone else and everything else in right relation to a right perspective of those two things. We will think more highly of God and less highly of ourselves. And I could add to that, we'll think more highly of others as well and less highly of ourselves. We will hate sin and we will love righteousness. We will condemn evil while simultaneously having a burden to see those doing it, delivered from it. I mean, those two are incompatible. I can utterly hate, amen, what those people were doing out there the other day. And I do hate it. Wicked, vile, evil. Every one of them. They don't repent, they're going to go straight to hell. I don't want to go to hell. I want to see them saved. We can have a redemptive quality in our preaching, even though at the same time we're not going to budge one inch our standing in sin, carnality, compromise, and worldliness. Amen. We will embrace the way of the cross. Amen. And if you get a vision of God, you're going to get a vision of that cross. Amen. Amen. When the preaching of the cross is preached, that's a a revelation of Jesus. A revelation of God. Amen. And it's a revelation of the cross. Thirdly, ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? You know, that's what we've been doing around here, haven't we? In our prayer meetings, Thursday night, sometimes until Tuesday night, we're asking God to show us the old paths. Where is the good one? We're asking for that old, those old paths. Amen. A restoration, a, re, a directing us back to the old paths. Where is the good one? But that begs the question: What old paths are we to ask for? Well, you know, Proverbs chapter two talks about this. It says he keepeth the paths of judgment. And preserveth the way of his saints. Then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment and equity. Yea, every good path. So we have righteousness, judgment, and equity. So you say, brother, what are you talking about? You've done all to here. What does that mean? Amen. We don't know what righteousness means, right? Judgment. You might not know what equity means. Amen. You're a little refreshing on this Righteousness. I just believe that means personal holiness. Amen. And maintaining a right relationship with God. The Bible says, He leadeth me in the path of the path of righteousness for his name's sake. He'll lead us in that path. He is holiness. You want to walk in holiness before God? Know Jesus. Right. Because he is holiness. That's the path of righteousness. Right. But you say, brother, well, how does that work out practical everyday life? I mean, that's all just theoretical. Amen. The old path of prayer. Amen. We need to get back to the old path. We need to stand in the way, see, and ask for the old path of prayer. Every person that we, we talked about a minute ago, every one of them, everybody that you've seen in the last six months that fell away, you can trace it back to a forsaking of the altar. Every one of them. Say, brother, how do you know that? That's the experience of every person that backslides. If you've ever, amen, backslid in heart, you can always trace it back to backing away from the altar. 
Amen. We need to go back to the altar. We need to let the altar, that path of the altar, be restored in our hearts. Amen. The path of Pentecost. Amen. I'm Pentecostal. Amen. Amen. I believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the initial evidence of speaking in other tongues. Not even night of men. You ought to be convinced of that in your heart. And if you're not convinced of it, you need to find you a closet and pray through till you are convinced of it. Or go join the Baptist church. That's right. Amen. Because I'm here for Right. As much as anything I'm here. Come on. Division. Disorder. Disunity. Amen. It's important. It's important. Amen. Amen. I've seen people walk out of here over that. And some of them, they're not even, they're either their families are totally destroyed or they're not even walking with God. That's right. You better believe it's important. Amen. Come on. The baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Don't throw that in garbage. Don't, 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 don't say that. That's just a little trivial thing. I can still be a Christian. Come on. You arrogant thing. That's right. Amen. You know, you know, brother, what about all the baptism? I mean, I've seen some people that really seem good. You know, they preach good. Brother, uh, you know, David Stacy. Amen. Well, he's raised a Baptist. Amen. I'm, you know, and he's lacking in certain areas because he doesn't have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. But yeah, I'll, I'll listen to him. He's a blessing. He's fired up. No telling what he'd be like if he really did get the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Come on. Amen. But but you know, for somebody like that who was not raising, he's he's you know lacking it, and that's no excuse, you understand. But he he, didn't, he never was was in it. But for somebody to be raised in this environment, having been taught the truth, and then to forsake it, there's going to be grave consequences for that. Right. Grave consequences. Amen. The path of standards and convictions, and you know, I'm not just reducing holiness. Amen. To standards and convictions. But you better believe holy men have standards and convictions. Amen. And they're not ashamed of them. Amen. They believe in them because they're important. Because they're, they're being led by the Holy Ghost. Amen. They're walking in the path of holiness. And God's directing them. And God's leading them to do certain things. To separate themselves from this world. And then to live an unspotted, holy, and pure life. That's separated from sin and compromise and carnality. Yeah. And they don't want anything to do with that apostate church. God forbid some of us. And then our parents came out of the apostate church. And some of us revert back to type and go right back to it. And then what our parents, amen, sought to get away from. So amen, they labored and fought against. And yet we just go right back to it. Wouldn't that be a shame? Come on. Amen. You better cling to the path, the old path, the standards. And convictions. You know, it's a reproach. I, I've seen some people, you know, I, I don't expect the Baptists to really have standards. Amen. It's not like they don't have standards, but I don't expect much out of them. Mm-hmm. But I see some people sometimes on Facebook, and I'm not really on Facebook, but I do get on my brother's page and look around. <laughs> people are not here in this country, but in another country, and uh, they're, they're Pentecostal. At least they claim to be. And, uh, you know, some of the things they put up, it's a, it's a blessing. And then they, the guy's a singer, and he, he sings, and, it's, you know, it's a blessing. But his wife's, you know, you can't even look at the pictures they put up of his wife. She's, you know, the gym, and it, it's, you know, it's terrible. You can't look at it. You just get away from it. And they claim to be Pentecost. That's a reproach. That's a bad testimony. And it shouldn't be once named among us. Don't you get married and let your wife put up pictures from the gym where she's in modest. Come on. Come on. Don't let it happen here. And then don't be putting up, you know, 10 years down the road, post that CCM. Amen. On your social media account. Amen. Delete your stupid social media account. Amen. Pray through to the presence of God. Amen. 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 That's right. Hold to it. Hold to it. The old path is standard. And, and, and of course, we need to see the why behind the what. We're not doing it just because or just some tr- some old tradition, you know. See, that's how a lot of people they want to forsake the convictions because they think it's just some old tradition that my parents think is a good thing to do. Amen. No, there's a reason behind it. Right. 
I want to do the will of God. I want to take the highest road. I want to be separated from the world. And I want to honor Jesus and have a pure testimony. Amen. Oh, praise God. The path of pure of a pure conscience. That's a path of holiness. Come on. Not having anything in there that's defiling your conscience. Being able to walk throughout the day. With nothing between you Come and anybody else. Nothing yes, between you and God. Being able to walk in unbroken fellowship with Jesus. Amen. We need to have that. We need to walk in that path. Amen. Christian discipline. Amen. Choosing to discipline yourself. Get up in the morning. Go to prayer. Amen. To pray at night. To read your Bible. Amen. To, to be faithful to the house of God. Whatever it is. Amen. Whatever discipline. Personal disciplines. Not just corporate discipline. But personal discipline. Amen. We need to walk on that old path. The path of obedience, the path of this, we can go on and on. Amen. The paths of holiness and righteousness. Um, you know, one of the other old paths that we mentioned, judgment. Proper discernment and allowing the word of God to be the final definer and say of all things. So what's the practical applications there? This King James Bible. It's the word of God. Amen. Amen. Okay, what'd you say? That's right. Okay. Give your best argument. Uh-huh. Shut up. Man. That's right. Remember. Forever, O Lord, thy word settled in heaven. Is it? Remember. You should just say, of course, we all believe that. Do you really? You might believe that now. Or you might think you do. But if you're not settled, Establishing the way. Amen. You better believe the devil's going to come in and undermine that. That's right. That's one of those things, you know. Well, I mean, you know, do I have to believe in the King James Bible to be a Christian? Well, theoretically, no. But to forsake that, to go from this and forsaking that, it's a bad, 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 bad thing to do. Yep. Forsaking the Word of God. Serious. Grave repercussions. <coughs> but it's not just the King James Bible. Amen. It's the practical application of the King James Bible. Amen. See, a lot of us, we well, I agree with the King James Bible. That's the word of God. But when it's applied to us, we don't really agree with it. We want to be like, we want to go in and edit it and say, well, that doesn't really mean that. You know, come on, Daddy. That doesn't mean, Mommy, come on. You know, that just, and we become Bible revisions. The path of evangelism. Amen. We all agree with that, I hope. Amen. 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 Street preaching, confrontational evangelism. That's right. Scriptural. It's biblical. You better believe that. Amen. If I quit preaching on the street, I'm going to say this for public record so you can hold me to it. Come on. I'm back, sir. That's right. Me too. And I need to be called to repentance. Amen. I'm apostatizing. Amen. 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 Come on, all of this, come on. Amen. amen. Praise God. You don't believe that, then you don't have to say amen, but you're already in trouble. You're not right. saying, you don't agree with that. Right. Come on. And you're going to have to discipline yourself to do that. Amen. That's right. You can't be lazy and say, well, I don't really, you know, yeah, I'll probably, uh, well, maybe I'll get around to it. And you got to discipline yourself and go to preach. And in whatever capacity God's calling you to do that, of course, you know, we all. God's called us to do certain things and, and different things and we have to power war times, but don't you forsake the old path of evangelism. Amen. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And that's a command. The path of taking a stand against all worldliness, carnality, and compromise. Judgment. We're talking about judgment here. The path of discipleship and correction in our lives. Amen. Not just evangelism. We need to Allow God to evangelize us. Amen. Yeah, right. Allow God to disciple us. Amen. The old path of equity. Amen. That's my third category. I'm, I'm kind of, I hope it's not too trouble here tonight. But to be equal in our application of judgment and righteousness. That's equity. The Bible says, my brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect to persons. You say, well, I mean, you know, well, I wouldn't do that. The biggest person that you're going to be tempted to have respect towards 
and be unequal in your judgment toward is you. Come on. You. And so we can blast other people, and we're right to do so. I'm not condemning that, so don't beat me over the head with that, because I'm not condemning that. Let's be equal. By that same standard, to all lives. Our own families. We've seen some of that, haven't we? Oh, yeah, bro, that, you know, a bunch of Jezebels, a bunch of, you know, Ahabs. And, and people don't really allow themselves to be held to the same standard. Maybe it's dangerous. That's right. forsaking an old path that God has ordained. So what principles govern asking for the old path? Let me kind of get back on track with what I was talking about. What principles govern asking for the old path? Was there stand, see, and ask for the old path? So the Bible says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God and give it to all men liberally and upbraid it not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. I mean, you have to have purity, you have to have true desire, and you have to have expectancy. And so many times we come to God to ask God for something. And I'm talking about spiritual things. I'm not talking about asking God for a Learjet or some stupid. I'm talking about spiritual things. Asking God for revival. I mean, if I've got sin in my heart, Lord, revive us. But I got sin in this heart. God's not weird, that. You need to get sin out of the way. Repent. Amen. So many times we come to God. Lord, revive us. Lord, Lord, heal the sick. Revival, yeah, yes, it sounds good. You know, Ravenville, Penny, yes, but it's not going to happen here. It's unbelief. Amen. Unbelief. We don't really expect God to do what He said He would do. And we're calling God a liar many times. Right. They're going against that. That can be so. We have to ask from the heart with a sincere desire. Not just because we're being made to ask. Amen. Amen. But sincerely. God, I want to know the way. I want to walk in it. I want to know you, Lord. I want to be directed by the Holy Ghost. And you know, the reason a lot of people never ask is because they're afraid that the answer will be something they don't want to hear. Come on. But you know, God's way, it's not only right. It's best. It's best. Come on. And you'll experience the joy. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. If you'll just you'll ask in faith and you'll see and embrace it, amen. And you will find that to be so. But many people, they never find it themselves. Because they never, they never ask. They never ask. If you're unwilling to ask God to lead you in the narrow way, and the will of God, then you will for sure go astray. And really, that's linked to pride. Because you have to humble yourself to ask. You, have to admit, you don't know the why. Remember, um, we believe it was Philip. He said, Lord, how shall we know the why? Jesus said, I am the why. Oh, I am the one. But he had to ask. How shall we know the way? You say, Brother, well, I'm confused, brother. Uh, brother, I'm struggling with envy. I'm bitter thought. Brother, I just got all this. You know, I, I don't really understand. Uh, brother, I've been, I've been so disappointed recently by all these stupid, cold people that have been around me doing all kinds of stupid things, brother. I just, oh, brother, I don't know what to do. Why have you talked to God about it? Come on. Yeah. Maybe you have, amen. Have you prayed about it? Have you asked God to give you wisdom to properly and spiritually overcome? Amen. Don't be surprised then if you're overcome by those thoughts. You're overwhelmed by all those thoughts that are just not God. What am I going to take it to God? Come on. Say, God, I, I release it. I let go. I just I let go. I'm not going to hold on to it. God, I ask you to give me wisdom. Give me the grace of God to properly respond to every situation and individual in my life. And if you do that, then you have to walk. The Bible says, and walk therein. Amen. You know, it's not enough to see something once or twice. 
You have to walk in the way. You know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And you know, it's good to have good intentions. But it's bad if you never do anything about it. Terrible. One day, I'm going to be spiritual. I'm going to be God. One day. And I'm sure it'll happen. Sure, sure. I'll be God just keeps taking it. That's right. You're never going to be spiritual about it. Wow, brother, when I get married, Uh it'll just be wonderful. I will surely be so spiritual. Me and my wife will just have prayer meetings every day. We'll just have worship today. Everything will just be so wonderful. Nope. That's right. Facts. Amen. A lot of people get less spiritual, seems like. But really, they don't. Amen. And I, of course, I'm not, I'm not trying to pick on you. Know, I'm glad for the example we have here where people are going along with God. And of course, it's a work in progress. When people get married, they have to work through things. I that. And I'm not trying to take over the But we have seen many examples of people that got married and they're gone. They disappear. It's like, you know, they're in the black hole. It sucks them out. You never see them again. And I'm not saying they're all backslid. But a lot of times it just exposes and magnifies the spiritual lack and carnality that was already there. That's right. That's right. The same thing will happen to you, amen. Yes, sir. If you do get married. You won't get married here or the life You know when you're going to get spiritual? Not a second sooner than this. When you choose to do so. That's right. Come on. Yeah. When you choose to do so. Amen. Say, bro, that's just too simple. No. That's what, that's what it's going to happen. Right. When you choose to do so. When you choose to get serious enough about being serious about the things of God. See, a lot of us don't take it seriously enough. We don't take it seriously enough. Amen. People that were here, they didn't take it seriously enough. I'll say it's Maybe sometimes we. Amen. We come to the church service, we don't take it seriously. We don't have a reverence for God. We, we don't treat God like He really is God. And then we wonder why we're lameish. Amen. Better take heed. Walking therein is not just when you feel like it. Aren't you glad? Because you're not always going to feel like it. Or when the environment seems conducive or when it seems right to you. Why is this? Because it's a narrow way. It's the way of the cross. And you're going to have to die. And it's never convenient to die. You don't ever wake up in the morning and think, wow, I just really feel like getting crucified today. Amen, Brother Joshua. I just feel like I just feel like getting my, you know, my wrist just you know, a spike driven into my wrist to a Roman cross. You're never going to feel like that. Amen. Amen. It's going to go against you many times. Amen. You're going to be stabbed in the back. You're going to be persecuted. You're going to be hated. You're going to be despised. You're going to be betrayed. Amen. You're going to be rejected. Amen. But it's a servant greater than his master. Come on. No, indeed. No. Jesus was a lamb. Does that describe us tonight? And in the way of the Christ is the land nature. Amen. Refusing to preserve self and refusing to take offense for self. And maintaining conscience void of offense towards God and man. And trusting the sovereignty of God. That if you are in Christ and you abide therein, you're predestinated to be conformed to his image. Amen. Predestined. I love that. Calvinists don't know anything about that. We do. It's ours. Amen. (coughs) To be yours. Practically. Experientially. Amen. If you abide in Christ, amen. If you walk therein, nothing takes him by surprise. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But we have to walk with him or we will change. He's not going to change, but we'll change if we don't walk with him and abide with him and stay where he is. Amen. Amen. We can do that by His grace. And fifthly, before I close here, ye shall find rest for your souls. The Bible says in Job chapter 28, there is a path which no fowl knoweth, and which the vulture's eye hath not seen, 
The lion's whelps have not trodden it, nor the fierce lion passed by. The Bible says in Proverbs, but the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. There's a place of peace. There's a place of rest, a place of assurance and security in God. I'm not talking about eternal security, unconditional. You're saved, you're good to go, you got your ticket to heaven. No. No. But there is a place, if you're abiding in Christ, where you can be secure in Christ. Amen. You can walk in Him, knowing that He has everything under control. He's directing you. He's leading you. He's guiding you. You don't have to be all caught up in, oh, what am I going to do about what is this, that, the other thing? And of course, there may be times, you know, instances where you don't know where it's going to work out. And you're praying about it. But you'll be constantly giving that to God. You're binding in Christ. Giving that to the Lord. We talk about courtship around here. Amen. You're going to give that to God. Amen. You're going to lay that on the altar. You're in His will. Amen. It's going to work out. Amen. He'll right. lead you to the right person. Amen. Oh. He'll lead you in the paths of righteousness. Yeah. For His name's sake, if you'll trust Him and believe Him and obey Him. Amen. It's a place of rest. So if you're restless tonight and you just strive in your heart, amen. Stand, see, ask, walk, and you'll find. That's right. You'll find. But you can't neglect the others and expect to have peace. You know, the devil walketh about as a roaring lion, seeking him who may devour. But you know, he can only devour those that stray from the way. If you're in Jesus, you're not, it's not that you're not going to be tempted or tried or you're not going to have to fight battles. Amen. Of course you will. Amen. But there's a place of security in Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm closing here tonight. But they said, we will not walk therein. Amen. That's a bad choice. That's a bad choice. That's a sure choice of destruction. That's a sure choice of spiritual suicide. But they didn't have a choice, and that's really what I want to emphasize in closing. You have a choice tonight. You can choose to stand, see, ask, walk, and then you will find. But sadly, many have it backwards. They're waiting to find a God that has already revealed himself to man. They want to find before they're willing to walk. They want to walk before they're willing to ask. They want to ask before they're willing to see, and they want to see before they're willing to stand. But the order is this. Believe by faith what God said, then you'll know it. And then by faith we understand. And that's scripture, Hebrews 11. Believe by faith what God said, then you will know it. And this will cause you to seek him. And by seeking him, you will walk with him and experience the joy of finding him. Isn't that glorious? You know, that's the pattern. Paul said, for I know whom I have believed, and have persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. First he believed, Amen. then he saw God, Amen. then he was convinced. Amen. That's the order. And that's always the pattern. Fact, faith, then experience, then feeling. But so many times we want to experience something we're unwilling to stand on and believe in. Amen. That's backwards. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. You know, if you'll believe God and act upon it, there is no secret what God can do. Amen. Amen. So that's a weird title, brother. Well, I'm going to close with a story here. You said, I thought you were closing. Amen. Well, like, like he said about, Raven said about Paul, amen. He said, finally, brother, finally, brother, finally, brother. So, amen, this is my, the closing of my clothing. Amen. Back in the 1950s, there was a man by the name of Stuart Hamlin. And at the time, he was the biggest radio personality in Los Angeles. I guess uh, radio had been around for maybe two decades, and uh, or several decades. I'm not exactly sure. Don't hold me to that. But it, it hadn't been around for as long as it's been around now. And he was the biggest radio personality in L.A. And, you know, I don't know, he, he was a songwriter, and he was, you know, um, you know, he knew the Hollywood people because he was the biggest, you know, radio personality. And if, I, if my memory serves me correctly, he made about $1,000 a week back in the 50s. 
And that's, you know, back in the 50s, that was really, that was real money. Amen. That's, I mean, for some of us, that might be good today, but, you know, um, money's not what it once was. Back then, it was a lot of money. And the man was a really wicked, profane man. And I read that he wrote a song back in the 50s called, I won't go hunting with you, Jake, but I'll go chasing women. So that gives you a, an idea of where this man was spiritually. Not good at all. Right. He um, was a drunk. Many times he is drinking, caused him to be reckless. He'd go to jail, but his fans loved him so much they'd bail him out of jail and get back on the radio. And he was, you know, just a terrible man, terrible life. And the misery of sin, he just plunged deeper and deeper into alcohol. He was a terrible drunk. But one day a preacher came to Los Angeles and set up a tent. And Stuart Hamlin went to that tent meeting. And he, you know, the preacher, he invited the preacher on his radio show to mock him. Well, that night the preacher basically put the word on him. He said, you know, there's a man here who is as fake as can be. And Stuart Hamlin got mad because he thought, man, he's preaching right to me. He just directed that right to me. And then the preacher confronted him. Thank God. Amen. And uh, so later on, I believe it was maybe that evening, he uh, called the preacher and went to the preacher's hotel and he was drunk. Well, he talked to that preacher for about three hours. And when he became sober, God broke him. And he cried out to God, and he repented, and he, and he got truly born again by yeah. the Spirit of God. Amen. And he never touched alcohol again. He let it go completely. He repented. And so, uh, you know, through that, uh, the radio station eventually dropped him. They said, that's it. Through with you. And the reason being, he wouldn't advertise for beer. He wouldn't do commercials for beer anymore. So they said, we're through with you. We're not going to, we're not going to know over. So he's, you know, in a, he's in a place where he didn't know what he's going to do. Radio was his life. And, uh, you know, he started to write some Christian songs. You know, he was a songwriter. But one day he was talking to John Wayne. John Wayne was his neighbor. And um, he was talking to John Wayne. And John Wayne said, you know, man, Stuart is it? All the stuff you've done been through all since you became a Christian, it's just been nothing but trouble. Is it worth it? And Stuart said, Oh yes it is. It's definitely worth it. And he said, you know, you know, I know you, you used to really like booze. Like yeah, you, you used to really, really like booze, you know. And he um let me start getting this right here. You know, he said, I you know, I I don't understand. Do not understand how you can just give it up so easily. And Stuart Hammer looked at him and he said, John, it is no secret what God can do. All things are possible through God. John Wayne told him, he said, You know, you all write a song. Amen. And he wrote this song. You can stand when I sing here. Close it here. There is no secret what God can do.
Let's close in prayer. Um, I want to lift up the situation over there in the center room. I'm not sure y'all got the text. Um, about that shooting behind his house. We don't party much of it. There's a shooting behind, behind y'all's house, right? I want to pray for that situation. Um, I guess that's it. Amen. Um, oh, Jeremy, close us. Lord, you just missed.